Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. Our guest on this episode is Dave Miner. Dave is an entrepreneur and owner of Gold Medal Brands in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Dave teaches us how Gold Medal Brands helps entrepreneurs build and flourish their businesses. Dave discusses how gold medal brands helps to ensure that entrepreneurs have the right foundations emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically to grow and build strong businesses and personal lives. Dave teaches us how he helps others through his self-development courses, helping them to achieve lifestyle fulfillment. Dave offers four courses to help people out of their trauma. Dave teaches us in this episode about the personal development and life coaching aspects of gold medal brands and his courses that teach inspiration and dedication. These four courses are the seven daily builds, a bucket of no's, team, and five letters. The seven daily builds is about taking actions towards your goals daily. A bucket of no's is about dealing with negativity. Your team is about surrounding yourself with a team consisting of a mentor, a cheerleader, a coach, and a mirror. And the five letters course consists of writing letters of gratitude, forgiveness, confession, self-determination, and faith and values. Lastly, Dave and I discuss addiction as a response to emotional trauma. This episode is part one in a series with Dave Miner and Gold Medal Brands. Thank you for joining us today as we welcome Dave Miner to the show. Dave Thank is an you. entrepreneur who started his own business in 2005. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family of companies is called Gold Medal Brands. Uh, we have around 13 to 15 different companies right now. Depends on what it is that you define as either a company or a brand. Primarily, uh, all of our businesses are in the nature of lifestyle fulfillment. What we really want to do is we want to help people gain whatever their dream happens to be. So that could be anything from financial success, whether it's through promotion up through the corporate world, building their own businesses, um, doing a side gig to get a little bit of extra money so that they can have the vacations that they like. Uh, But along the way, we also realized that Lifestyle fulfillment has an awful lot to do with mental and emotional health. And so we have a significant portion of our business that is dedicated towards those more sort of esoteric type of ideas having to do with attitudes and emotions uh, and really being overall uh, healthy and fulfilled. Absolutely. And those all tie in together so incredibly strongly. Absolutely, they do. Dave, you've been working with large corporations for most of your career. Is that still where your focus lies with gold metal brands? That's just not my desire anymore on the large corporate side. I I would much rather right now work with individuals and families and say, let's talk about what has damaged you in the past, where you're inspired to go in the future, and then what kind of platform does gold metal brands have in order to be able to give you the right car, the right vehicle, the right path uh, in order to be able to get there. And if that's going to require nothing but me giving you a technology platform, wonderful. Let me know what your thoughts are and we'll improve it as we go. If that means that you need to sit with me uh, over the course of a six-week course uh, or a three-hour session so that we can truly dive into 
why you're angry today, why you're frustrated today, why you're upset today. That's what we do. And I, I get uh, a lot more fulfillment out of those individual challenges than I ever did about having a $3 million project come in on time and under budget. Okay. And that's wonderful. I mean, and now, like I said, there are people that are okay with doing that and running those kinds of projects. But at 53, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to do those anymore. And I get to choose, pick and choose my battles. And so that's the direction that I want to head. So let's see, let me back you up a little bit. That's an interesting jump that you made. So you were working with corporations mm-hmm. and now you're working with individuals within a corporation or strictly nope, not very often. Not very often. So your primary focus now, What what is your, your favorite part of what you're doing right now? Uh, watching people have light up their life. I mean, basically, right. Individuals. It's, it's watching individuals, okay. whether they're whether they're the owners of small businesses or whether they're just families that need a different direction mm. and watching them figure out what that end vision needs to be and then getting on the path to getting there. Absolutely. So, I mean, strictly right now, I mean, I don't, I don't have any active clients with more than 25 employees. Um, most of the folks that I work with are either self-employed or they only have their mom and pop shop, two and three people that work for them. Which is fantastic. Yes. And love that's, those. Keep I mean, it that, local. that's, that's where I want to be. Yes. That's excellent. Yeah. And then on, within that, you have several or many companies. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And do they all kind of go along the lines of your lifestyle fulfillment philosophy? Absolutely. Every one of them does. Um, Just different facets of it or yeah, different approaches? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So like, for instance, uh, several, several of the companies are on the coaching and consulting on the business side of things. Okay. So we might go in and we might help uh, a small business with their marketing. We might help them understand technology, whether it's social media, whether it's that they need uh, web pages produced. We handle that technology. So you can you can help them with their technology problems and yeah. issues, but then you want to dive in deeper immediately. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, the short version is if somebody comes to me and they say, I have this talent, I have no idea how to turn it into a business. What we want to make sure that we can do is help them be by being a one-stop shop from the idea phase all the way through dedication phase. What are they going to be committed to in terms of the daily actions that they're going to take in order to continue to build that business? And we can do, uh, and we do everything from helping them set up their entity, uh, the taxes that need to get done at the end of it, uh, helping them with uh, regulations and training, trying to get them the right technology platform. Although we do not try to be a one-stop shop on all technology levels. We do, uh, on the WordPress side of things, we'll create you know simple websites. From a, from a business perspective, if somebody wants to be a legitimate entrepreneur, which means they want to actually go out and build a business that supplies a service, um, whether it's a brick and mortar, they want to do it e-com, then we want to try to make sure that we do all of that. 90% of all small businesses that fail, they don't fail because of no sales and they don't fail because of no money and they don't fail, fail because they don't have a marketing plan. They fail because of a personal problem that the owner has, whether it's their inability to deal with stress, their overwhelming issues at home, uh, their inability to get their 
spouse or their kids to be on page with them. It could be that it's two partners that for whatever reason don't all of a sudden don't get along because maybe they were not aligned with their values uh, as opposed to, hey, we have this really great project. I know our product. I know how to make them. You know how to sell them. Okay, but six months down the road, we're making $5,000 a month, $7,000 a month. What do we do with the cash? Well, now we have a values-based question and issue. Mm Are we thinking long term? Do we reinvest? And if, unless have, you have those discussions up front and beforehand, right. you know you're on the same yeah. page. And so then that company, it looks like it started out well. And then all of a sudden, a year and a half later, there's nothing but frustration. Mm-hmm. And if they can't figure out how to buy one to buy out the other, then they're done. And the, and it folds. You know, So here, a company that was making money within three, four months, 18 months, 24 months later, they're gone. You know, We just learned that we need to actually, not only do we need to supply everything for the small business owner, for that entrepreneur, we also need to make sure that on the personal side, we're helping fill whatever those needs happen to be. And along the way, talking to hundreds and hundreds of people, what I've found is people usually don't find the problems after they have a business or after they're in the midst of a challenge. There were signs already, what in today's culture we call red flags in the dating world. But it's funny because people in the dating world, they say, well, that was a red flag. Well, you didn't, you only recognize it as a red flag now. The reality of it is, is that communication probably could have helped you realize that it didn't matter that it was a red flag. You know, one of the things that we have in this entire social culture that we have right now is it's really, really hard for two people to disagree without causing an argument or blame. Name calling is basically the way that we get along now, right? It's that it's that whole, well, in order for me to preserve who I am, I have to somehow attack you because it just doesn't seem very possible for two adults to healthfully decide we need to go our separate ways. You know, instead, let's blow everything up. Let's cause all of this problem and then let's figure out how to recover or get past it later. And so that's really where most of my personal development courses came out of what I saw time and time and time again as the stumbling blocks for people that were trying to build business or, or, or were trying to put their families back together and they just couldn't. And I had enough of that crap happen in my own life that I was able to say, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I can see why that absolutely was the truth, both because I have clients and friends that have walked through it and because I've also been through it myself. So then we on the so we developed all the business side and then as a foundation to that business side, then we also developed the personal development side, which was uh, a lot of it is uh, essentially recognizing that there's a trauma event in your past and some people are going to hear this and say, "Well, I'm not traumatized." Well, by definition, you really are. If you if you have a negative auto response to something that happens today, and if we were to find out why, it doesn't matter that nobody died. It doesn't matter that nobody was maimed. It doesn't matter that there was a wasn't a major loss. The reality of it is is that by definition, it was traumatic because it is impacting you today. And it could just be as simple as you need to recognize it and give yourself a reminder. If we're, if we're interested in making sure that we're laying the proper foundation today so that I can get to where I have a vision for the future, 
you know, then maybe I can take care of those things before they ever happen. And a lot of people, you know, one of the things that I like to say to people is that you can, in fact, run out of time. What is it that's causing that that motivation? What is it that's causing that inspiration? And let's find something that actually aligns with your purpose, but which is something that given your time constraints and given your age or your circumstances right now, you can actually get there. And that's an interesting point because you were talking before about trauma and how that can have such a negative impact and influence on your life and your decisions and even that knee-jerk reaction. Whereas you can have the converse to be true as well, where you have these amazing experiences and successes and you have that feeding into, you know, through that perspective and through that filter that immediately you think of positively about something, you have a great reaction to it. So I can see that both the positive and the negative can be almost like a visceral reaction. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and we know, I mean, just human nature knows, psychology is known for years and years and years, right? That if you can, if you can attach an action to an emotion, then you're going to be f- much further along than you are if you're just unemotionally, I'm going to do this every single step of the way. But that, but you're very correct. The flip side of that is that if there's a negative, a strong negative emotion that's attached with a particular circumstance, then every time that that circumstance gets brought up in your memory, whether it's because of something happening or because of smell or because of a person and something that they say, you're automatically right. On autopilot without even realizing it, that you're not even responding, you're just reacting. Exactly. And that, and that's the, and that's the difference between the way that your conscious mind functions and your non-conscious or subconscious mind. It's absolutely. It's so interesting because one of the things that I really try to get through to people is that a positive mindset is not enough. Now you can be positive all day long and you can be the happiest person in the world. You know, not only do you have an incredibly clear vision of the future, but what's that purpose? And then we slowly work our way back to figure out, okay, where are you today? And then what can we do? And that kind of ties into your whole lifestyle fulfillment yep. as a full broad spectrum blanket for all of these businesses and your even the philosophy behind your personal life and your business life. Would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. From that, then we had to bring in the third part of our business, which was what about the people that are so trapped in life that they can't just build a business? Maybe they're already working two jobs. Maybe they've got a special needs child. Maybe they're going through a divorce and they literally don't have the emotional bandwidth. That helped us say, well, we also need to go into the side gig business. Those those people that want to just do part-time, home-based type of businesses that give them a little bit of extra breathing room financially. You know, those things that are low entry, low cost, low effort, as long as it can be concentrated effort, right? Because there's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme, but you know, what do I need to do if I, if I only have two hours a week or, or I've only got 10 hours a week, what can I do in those 10 hours? Or what can I do if I were to force myself to have those 10 hours? What can I do to help generate enough income so that I can do it from home? Like for instance, somebody that's working two jobs, right? Those two jobs take them away from their kids, Right? They probably are frustrated. It helps with some abandonment issues. They probably are frustrated that they don't, that if their kid cries in the middle of the night, it's a babysitter that gets to comfort them or a spouse. And even if it's a spouse, they're still going to feel decently guilty for some of those. Well, if we can figure out how to help this person be able to work 10 hours from home 
and replace an income that might be 20 hours in the middle of the night away from home, then the emotional multiplication of that is higher. So on the fulfillment side of things, because we're not talking about wealth, we're talking about fulfillment. That's what we want to concentrate on. Well, if I can, if I can take that second job and all of the emotional toil and then all of the expense for that babysitter, and I can replace that with 10 hours working from home after the kid goes to sleep, but so that you're there, do you have the wherewithal to commit yourself to staying up two hours later every night when you're at home instead of going to a job? Some people can do that. Some people have a difficult time concentrating on home-based work unless they work on some other things as well. So that's really the three sides of our business. It's it's helping those entrepreneurs build what they really want to build and are dedicated to it. It's making sure that they have the right foundation uh, emotionally, uh, spiritually, psychologically to make sure that uh, they can handle any of the challenges, including the challenge of staying dedicated and committed. Uh, and then for those people that may not have the desire or quite yet have the confidence, well, let's give them something nice and simple on the side. Maybe it's just you know being an affiliate. Maybe it's selling a couple of travel vacations every year. You know, maybe it's figuring out how to have a little Etsy store or something where they don't have to do any of the work because they can all have it sourced from somewhere else, but one little sale. It's it's amazing, right? I mean, literally somebody that sells something on Etsy for the first time, the amount of energy and the amount of emotion and that can carry through for days and days and, and days. And the momentum that that can have, just exactly. even on your business and on your yep. personal life. Absolutely. Yep. One little success then breeds mm-hmm. more successes. And if you, and if you have the right people around you and you have the right attitude, then you'll be learning how to multiply all of those. And so, yeah, all those, basically those three, I call them programs, those three programs, whether it's through our courses or through uh, our platforms uh, or through specific coaching and consulting, what we really want is, hey, you come to me with what it is that you think you want. We're going to communicate and talk about what you really want as a concrete environment to grow into And then from that, let's figure out something to help you get there. And so I might work with somebody for six months or a year where it's all working on the past. It's getting rid of all of those negative thoughts that are in their head. It's figuring out what all of those triggers are. It's figuring out how to get past what their parents left them generationally, right? Or what their previous spouse after a divorce left them with. And it sometimes it takes a while. I like to describe it this way. Say, Everybody's got working on the same mountain. We all have to get to the top of that mountain. At the top of that mountain is our is our dream environment, whatever that happens to be, but it's all the same mountain. Based on all of your previous experiences, all of your training, all of your education, everything that you've been through, some people are already halfway up that mountain. Literally for them, it's a matter of waking up and realizing, I have some pretty amazing talents and I've been lucky enough and I've worked hard enough in the past that if I just stay focused, I can get there. Some people are all the way at the bottom of the mountain and they look up at it and they see there's no way that I can get up there, but at least they're at the bottom of the mountain. And then there's other people that are hundreds of miles away and in the middle, there's three ravines and a forest that happens to be right, on fire, right? <laughs> right? Every and, obstacle and, and imaginable. They can't, even, they can't even imagine getting to the bottom of the mountain, let alone being at the bottom of the mountain, looking up and seeing their dream, right? So for them, it's one step at a time. It's, hey, 
if I use the right kind of telescope, <laughs> way down there, I, I can see. I can imagine there was a mountain on yeah, the other side. Yeah, I, I can see that there's yeah. something that I might want, but in the meantime, I got to get out of. Right, and so many people are I'm, in that where they have, just have to kind of rearrange and reshuffle and yep. just even just be given a dream or a purpose, just be given one little nugget or something of Correct. saying, okay, I, I want to pursue this self-growth or I am interested in seeking this mission and I want to pursue my passion. They're just a little bit of something just to feed it and fuel that fire or Absolutely. ignite that fire. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like so many people, so many of our listeners, I'm sure, are going to be on so many different parts of the spectrum. Some are going to be all, all in already and yep. well advanced, like you said, halfway up the mountain on the way to their mind, spirit, body Exactly. Know, journey. And then some people are going to be just learning about some of this information and maybe trying to figure out what's the best way or what are some tools that they can put in their toolkit to start improving their life to get there to begin the journey. And other people are so stuck in the nine to five daily grind and so bogged down that they don't even realize that this is a topic. Correct. A, a, a significant chunk of your listeners are going to be people that are in a rut that they literally can't see out of because that rut was handed to them by parental circumstances, by jobs. Maybe they got married early. Maybe they had kids early. Maybe they started out in debt. Um, maybe they couldn't get scholarships into college because high school and junior high was never an important part of their life. And nobody literally said to them, get good grades. It's the gateway to college. And so they couldn't go to college. So they got a job. And then 15 years later, they're now a manager of a company, but they're still working for someone else's dream. And, and it's never, literally never occurred to them that they can have a dream of their own. They're just going through the motions time and time and time again. And so, yeah, you're, this, this type of messaging for them is going to be really weird to them because they're going to say, well, that's not for me. Well, why isn't it for you? When exactly in your past did you stop being a child? Mm, and the right? curiosity and yeah. the seeking when, when, and the playfulness. Exactly. When did, you, that approach when, to when, life. did you, when did you allow somebody to convince you mm -hmm. that you chasing your dreams was not the only worthwhile endeavor of your life, right? Because at some point they did because you're no longer doing it. So whether it was you or circumstances or someone else who beat it into you, at some point that's what happened. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody that's at any stage of life is going to always have to seriously look at where they want to be. You know, that's why in all of our courses, we've got four courses that are designed specifically to helping people out of trauma. And all of them start out with, why do I want to get out of my trauma? Why do I want to do this? And every single one of them ends with, you've gone on this path. You've gone on this journey. Now you need to, now you need to crown it. You need to take where you are and recognize that what you did during this course or during this journey was you created a whole bunch of habits and you have the knowledge to continue to create those habits. Now, where are you? Are you in that forest? Are you at the bottom of the mountain? Are you partway up? And, are, and if you're partway up, are you lugging a, a backpack full of stones? One of the things that I like the most about some of the feedback that we get during our courses is always, hey, I lost sight of the fact that I am capable of getting there. I was so hurt. I was so angry. I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. And you lose sight of the dream and you lose, you get 
I always feel like you just get so bogged down that you lose track of what, what track you were on. Yes. And you lose sight of where you were heading in the first place because circumstances. And I have some friends that you wouldn't believe the story of their lives. You're like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. You're like, no, that's not even good for a movie. That's, <laughs> right. that's bad. And they are in it and they're living it and they're wonderful people. Oh, man. I mean, I'm thinking of one of my friends who, who lost her home to a house fire and then consistently, you know, health things and all these different things keep happening to her and my heart breaks for her, but I'm, but she has the most beautiful, positive attitude and she's such a loving human being that she's still able to overcome every single thing that is thrown at her. Yes. And a lot of those are skills. You mm-hmm. know, a lot, one of the things that I, over time, I've kind of become frustrated with, and I don't want to make this political at all, but people are frustrated with the school system. But the reason why people are frustrated with the school system right now is because we have constantly gotten back into the idea of the inclusion idea. We need to make everybody fit into And kind of this level mold. this whole playing field and make everyone yes. the same. Yes. yes. But like I tell people lots and lots and lots of times, your journey out of the mess you're in is as unique as the circumstances that got you into the mess in the first place. Absolutely. And there is no cookie cutter fix. I'm not a doctor. I need to make sure that I say that. There are some people that need a psychologist or they need a psychiatrist because sometimes there are people that, and I've known them, that need that medicine to help stop whatever the chemical imbalance is or to give them that pause. But I truly and honestly believe that there are very, very, very few people that should be seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist that do not also have a life coach to help them on the physical expression of their new skills. And not necessarily just a therapist, but a life coach. Yes. And help them look at why did I do what I did today and what can I do different? Mm-hmm. And, and to shed some light and a brightness and, yes. and the, the goal to be able to attain it, to actually give you a, a reason or mm-hmm. something, a, a, a dream and a passion to follow. Absolutely. We try to fit on the personal development side. We try to fit in with that sort of life coach and style type of things. I don't want to be leading you somewhere that you're not capable of going because me being a guide doesn't do any good if you're not wearing the right shoes and have the right equipment. That's what you were talking about is laying that foundation. And then when you are having all of the the physical and mental components of it healthy and strong, then you are in the right vehicle and then you can really begin to move forward. Absolutely. Because that, you know, the the important thing, and I like like your purpose, right? It's not only about inspiration. You know, you can have all the wonderful ideas in the world, but if you don't have the ability, whether it's mental ability because you don't have the training or it's physical ability because you don't have the stamina, maybe your maybe your body just can't take it, you're not mm-hmm. healthy, you you've abused your body significantly with drugs or alcohol or or overeating and, and you've got you know three different forms <laughs> of some kind of debilitating uh, medical condition. You know, or spiritually, you're just frustrated. You're always looking to blame God or to blame the universe or or you think, well, everything's just luck. Okay. You know, we can talk about that too. But if you don't have the ability to take all of those and be able to take the bits and pieces that you need and move forward, then your inspiration does you no good. You can have all the ideas, but that inspiration is not going to drive anything forward. One of the, one of the courses that we have is called from inspiration to dedication. And it's that path that you go through the five steps that you have 
where you start out, okay, I have this inspiration. What's the outcome of having an inspiration? You know, and then once you get to that point, then the next step, and then you keep going through until you are living a life of dedication, which means that you've advanced past the motivation to keep going. You are now wholly and completely dedicated to a lifestyle that is literally second nature. Complications come up, doesn't matter. You just crank through. Events come up, you just keep cranking through. Why? Because you know that there's only one path for you. It is highway one and you're going to get to where it is that you're going. You're completely dedicated Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is on that focus driven and not even at all times. There's things that life throws at you that veer you off the path, even if you are on that highway one. And most people are not, Mm -hmm. you know, most people are not. And that's actually the entire purpose of the the bucket of nose conversation that we had. Yeah. Can you quick do a rundown of your four courses, just a real brief overview, because they sound fascinating. The first course that we talk about um, is called the seven daily builds. And it is a, it is absolutely foundational and practical in nature. It's essentially the seven categories uh, where every single day you need to be acting, whether you're in a business perspective or in a family uh, type of in personal environment. It is the seven uh, categories where you need to be acting on a daily basis if you really want to be moving forward. So think of it as detailed roadmap to completing SMART goals. Okay. Not just goals, but smart goals. Yeah. So you say, well, I have all these goals. Okay. Well, what do those goals do? So in the courses that we teach in our, in our big, gigantic, massive course called 100 Days to Gold, you know, we spend a whole bunch of time going through each of the seven steps. Well, you obviously need to have some goals, right? But goals don't do you any good if you don't have a clear view of what your purpose is. And goals also don't really do you any good if you don't know what all of the components of that end environment need to be. Almost like have it entirely mapped out and understood and visualized. Exactly. Instinctively, you might know that "Eh, I kind of need what these are, but um, the seven daily builds course puts that kind of all together uh, for that. Then we have a course called the A Bucket of Nose, and it's actually my favorite short course that we have. Uh, And what A Bucket of Nose is about It's about getting people to recognize that they have a way of dealing with negativity in their life. And there's there's essentially four ways that we deal with what those are. We can maybe go into that at the end of this if you'd like. But um, there are four ways that people in general deal with negativity in their lives. And how we deal with those almost invariably will guarantee the outcome of our interactions with the people around us. Absolutely. During stressful events. Or not stressful events. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that one walks, that that course actually just walks through, hey, let's take a look at your life and and just kind of ponder it a little bit. It's not really super deep. It's not something that says, well, let's figure out the traumas or those kinds of things. It's all in the here and now. How do I act? I've never met anybody that doesn't act. And I've done this hundreds of times. I've never met anybody that doesn't act in one of the four categories. And I've never met anybody that said, no, I'm fairly in this category, but I don't act that way. Right. So while I can't say that it's a perfect model, I have yet to have somebody tell me that the model doesn't work for them. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, and then obviously the, the best part of that is that, hey, if you can figure out how you're responding to stresses, then you can predetermine how you ought to be responding 
to stresses and you can create an environment where you're taking care of those things ahead of time. And giving it some forethought. So that way, when that does come up again, you can respond maybe with thoughtfulness or with patterning, but you can respond instead of just react. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The next course that we teach, which is another small course, uh, just a couple of sessions, um, is basically what I call TEAM, capital T, capital E, A-M. It is for those people that know or maybe think that they can't do it on their own, but they don't know where to go for help. And it and it goes through and it describes the five roles that you need to have in your life if you're serious about making changes or making headway and working towards a goal. I have met only a very few people that can say, I'm 100% dedicated to my purpose, to my end goal, to living my values, and I don't really need anybody's help. I'm going to do that. And that's great. But at different times during that journey, you're going to need each of these five roles. And, And what I espouse is that you should pick those people ahead of time. And you should tell them ahead of time. Oh, I like that. And that even you're going to be calling on them mm-hmm. and what their purpose is. The five roles are a mentor, a coach, an overcomer, a cheerleader, and a mirror. And some of those roles can be combined in one person. As long as the person knows which role they're filling during a particular conversation. There are some of those roles, though, that absolutely cannot be mixed. Okay. As a for instance... You cannot have your cheerleader and your mirror be the same person. It's not possible. And literally, when I say cheerleader, I literally mean cheerleader. Unabashedly enthusiastic about everything. That's your cheerleader. Okay. That person cannot hold you accountable. Correct. It is not their job. It is not their role. And there is no way for a person who is of the personality needed to be your cheerleader and to say the things that need to be said to you when you need to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. So your cheerleader in your mirror cannot be the same person. Your mentor and your coach could theoretically be the same person if they have had both of those roles. Your mentor, the way that I like to say it, is your mentor in your life should be somebody who has been where you are and they are currently where you want to be. The question then is, what's a coach? Well, a coach is somebody that's trying to give you a skill. They're trying to help you be an expert because they might understand the mechanics, but they never had the skill to be where you are. They can't be your mentor. They could be your coach, but they haven't been where you want to be. They're not where you want to be. Same kind of thing, right? Your your mentor in general can never be your cheerleader. They can enthusiastically help you get to where you want to be and they can cheer you on. But your mentor, by definition, they have to be honest, brutally honest about who they were, about the growth that they went through in order to get to where they are and what you might have to do in order to get there. It's very similar to a mirror, right? <laughs> you, uh, so, you know, your cheerleader, they, a mentor can't really be a cheerleader. I also espouse to the idea that While you want your mentor to be able to hold you accountable, your mentor really shouldn't be your mirror because you want to be able to have highly productive communication and conversations with your mentor. You don't want to get bogged down in the details of, I felt like crap today. I blew it today. I lost it today. You want to be able, in a conversation with your mentor, you want to be able to say, I struggled last week. This is what happened. I talked to this person. 
I enacted these recovery methods and I got to here. So I'm back here. Your mentor takes a few minutes and says, that was a really good path. Or maybe next time, maybe you could shortcut that path by take trying this and this and this. Now let's move on. That course basically lays out what the five rules are and it says, hey, look for these people, find them ahead of time. See, I would have a very hard time finding, especially when people are smaller, not smaller, but when they are starting out either in a business or the personal growth journey, finding a mirror because who in your circle your friend circle, your group is going to hold you not only accountable, but be that kind of brutally honest with you. Yep. No one wants to be that bad guy. Exactly. And and you have to be careful because the people that would most likely be most honest with you are also probably the ones that would be most negative Correct. about you attaining your dreams. You know, that's the one thing that's bad about us as human beings is that if we aren't steadily moving to the direction of our dreams, we have a tendency to be an anchor for the people that are. Mm -hmm. And that's a serious problem because somebody comes to me, if I'm not, if I'm not on a healthy journey myself, I don't have any right holding someone else accountable or trying to be their mirror. So yes, you're absolutely correct, which is why we do it. You know, somebody comes to us and they say, this is the path that I'm on. And when we, when we take them through this particular course, I specifically ask them, here's the roles. Do you have people in your life who, number one, you would want for this role? Number two, are they willing to do this role? And number three, what kind of compensation or trade are you going to give them for being available, right? Uh, your grandma, for instance, right? Your grandmother, based on experience and those kinds of things, could be your coach. Your grandpa could be your mentor. What's the compensation that they're going to get for that time? Well, once a week, grandma, grandpa, I'm going to come and I'm going to spend an hour with you. And that amount of, during that time, we can talk about anything you want to talk about. Well, for a grandma or a grandpa, somebody that's older, the, the passing that on to a younger generation, that's their compensation and more concerned with the legacy that they're leaving behind than everything that they still want to attain. So, but you need to be clear about what that is. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, I don't know where to get this information. Uh, I need a coach. I need to learn how to use Excel. I need to learn how to market on Facebook. I need to learn how to uh, build websites. Okay, great. All of those things you can buy. You can rent a coach. It's out there. When it comes to the mirror, yes, sometimes you actually have to pay somebody to hold you accountable. Absolutely 100% because more than likely the people in your life either are unwilling to do the job correctly, or while they might be willing, you really shouldn't be asking them to because they don't hold themselves accountable. And if they're not holding themselves accountable, they have no right to be your mirror. Those resources, especially in today's age, those resources are out there to find all of the roles mm -hmm. that you absolutely need. And then that actually leads me into the last one. So sometimes people will come to me and they will just be damaged. I could spend weeks talking with them about what they need for their team and what they need uh, to be able to work towards their dreams and to be able to recognize what those dreams are. But the reality of it is, is that their past, their past is just a heap of garbage. It just is. And they have some serious work to do to reset their head in order to be able to do it. And that's what our course, The Five Letters, is... Uh, all about. And what that is, is, is it, it's a journey. It's 
legitimately a journey and it's a long one. Uh, and by long one, meaning it is the second longest course that we teach. Um, the hundred days to gold is the longest one, 16 weeks, obviously it's a hundred days. You know, the, the five letters, uh, is 10 weeks long. Um, it's actually 11 weeks long cause there's also an intro, uh, and, but it's work. Um, it is, it is actually understanding who you are, uh, and then actually writing a letter to someone depends on which one of the letters that it is that you're writing, um, as to who it is that that letter goes through. But the, the purpose of the letter is to start out with, um, the first, the first letter is gratitude. Let's figure out where you are in your life and let's figure out why you are not in the deepest, darkest hole that sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you feel you are in. Um, and so, and then the purpose of that letter is, uh, both to help you understand that you have things in your life to be grateful for, but also to sort of pick out that individual who you want to kind of be like, or who, when you are at your deepest and darkest and saddest, who's that one person that's holding the candle and why are they holding that candle? For you, is it because they always showed up with a cookie? Is it because they always had a smile? Is it because deep down inside you know that they instilled in you that God will always be there for you, or that in the end things always work out? Whatever it is that it happens to be, so we always start with gratitude, uh, and then uh, we move through um, each of the rest of those. The next one is called forgiveness. That one is often the most painful one of the five to write because if you're in this course, the reason is, is because of a traumatic event and 95% of the time in my experience, that trauma was caused by someone else. Somebody made a mistake, whether they were drunk driving, whether they were abusive as parents, whether they were a spouse that cheated. Uh, whether they were an alcoholic spouse, um, whether they were some kind of coach that took advantage, I mean, whatever it happens to be, there is a traumatic event that nine times out of 10, I can find, if you're being honest with me, that I can find in your past that colors your responses to virtually everything in your life. So we figure out what are you grateful for? And then what's causing you an enormous amount of pain. Um, and yes, we write that letter of forgiveness to that person. So we talk about in that. Thank eight, you. Cause I was going to ask you, is that letter of forgiveness? Is that to yourself? Is that no, to, it's, it's to who it person? is that damaged you. Okay. And you figure out how to be able to honestly talk about what they did and how it impacted you. But then on the flip side, what might've caused them to do that? Was it generational? Were they damaged? Were they an alcoholic because their dad was? Were they mean and abusive because their parents were mean and abusive? You know, was she distant, uh, unloving because maybe she was date raped? I'm sorry to talk about stuff. We talking about trauma. This actually happens, right? There's a lot of stuff that can happen. So, you know, you, you recognize, you recognize that they hurt you. You recognize how they hurt you. Then you start to try to figure out what's the reason why they hurt you. Is there a reason? If I don't know that there's a reason, can I think of 
other things that are reasons. If I go back and I dispassionately look at the things you said in the midst of you abusing me, in the midst of you screaming and yelling at me, did you say the words, you're just like him, you're just like her, right? Those kinds of things. Then I can figure out that you weren't choosing me to be mean to. You weren't specifically choosing to hurt me. You were responding in a negative way to your own negative trauma events. And because of that, I can forgive you. I can forgive the action. Now, forgiveness is completely separate from reconciliation. You do not have to reconcile. If you're poisoned by not forgiving somebody, mm-hmm. it will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, but there are people that don't deserve reconciliation. Even though you forgive them, Correct. Two they things. have never done the work that they need to do. Mm-hmm. In order to you, in order for you to allow them back in your life, I posted something on Facebook several weeks ago that one of the most frustrating things and most hurtful things in my life has been the recognition that I need to build walls because every one of those bricks was a remembrance that I needed to put the brick there, which was recalling that they hurt me and won't fix it. And in my own mind, I needed to be able to switch the channels and switch the idea from I'm remembering with every one of these bricks as I build this wall that they hurt me to I'm going to figure out how to pray and wish for their healing on their own. And until I did that, it was not possible for me to get rid of the hate that I had towards that person. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have because to let, of what they did. Right. You have to let go of that part as well in order for your own heart exactly. to heal and move on. So the forgiveness letter, you don't have to send it, obviously. There are some people that's not worth it. Um, I strongly suggest that you do because not only is it good for you to know that you delivered it from a from a courage perspective, it might be the one thing that's necessary for them to finally change. And so if you're going to pass it on, when you're on this healing journey, what good does it do for you to heal if you can't also heal someone else? If you if you can pass it on, great. But obviously, if you passing that on is going to open a door to allow somebody who's only willing to damage you because they will not do the healing themselves, then you keep that wallet. But you wrote it. The next letter after that is called Confession. Confession is the hardest one to write not the most emotional. It's the hardest one for most people to write because they refuse to admit that they hurt someone. We're just selfish and we don't want to actually admit it. But the reality of it is, is that, again, we all have a circumstance that we would really love to replay. And because of the abruptness of the end, whenever that ended, that person could very well be dealing every single day with a negative auto response to the trauma that you created. And you're aware that you did it because as soon as I said it, there's one thing that popped into your head, right? Um, So that one goes through the whole, hey, what kind of circumstances did I have in the past when I wasn't at my healthiest, when there was something going on? Did I do something to somebody else? And you write a letter of confession asking for forgiveness. When it's done with that, the fourth letter These are is so very, such very powerful and very intimate steps. Yes. And that's why it takes 11 weeks to do it because one week we talk about the letter. Okay. 
And then a couple of days later, then we have a session that allows them to sort of work through it, to kind of talk through it. Then they have a week to write it. And then if they want some feedback, we allow them to basically turn it in. You want, do you want some feedback? Do you want? So these are one-on-one sessions. These aren't like in a group session. The second week, the off week. Yeah. So the fourth letter then is self-determination. It's the letter where you get brutally honest with yourself about what you've done with your life so far. All of the times in the past when you had an idea, when you had an inspiration and you didn't follow through or where you started to follow through and then you ran into roadblocks that eventually derailed you. Or if you're lucky enough, you know, you fought through it. And while you maybe haven't been as efficient as you needed to be because of the confession or the forgiveness that you needed to go through, you still are plugging right along. Great. And so the self-determination is written to yourself. It's, hey, these are my dreams. This is what I wanted. This is what I've done in the past. This is what I've not done in the past. And this is what I've committed to moving forward in the future. Um, So that one is less about the healing process as the first three are. It's less about the healing process and more about direction. It's more about commitment. It's more about, I'm going to positively move forward from here on out. And this one is a letter to yourself, almost like aligning your goals or setting your goals and your dreams up on paper so you can see and and setting the course towards each one. Correct. And it's putting it into words. It's you being able to say, hey, I'm admitting that I haven't always been my own best advocate, Mm -hmm. but I really want to be moving forward. That's fantastic. And if you've done other stuff, you know, that letter can be really long because if you've also done some other healing, then maybe you can go through, this is the business I want to build. This is how I'm going to repair my relationship with my wife. This is how I'm going to repair my relationship with my oldest son. You know, my business partners, uh, or I'm I'm going to get healthy. I've allowed myself to be... 40% 40% overweight and I've got, uh, you know, diabetes too and all kinds of other kinds of things that are going on and I can fix all of those. So, you know, the self-determination, depending on what other types of uh, self-growth that you've been through, you you might have been actually working on the self-determination piece without recognizing or with maybe recognizing but ignoring that you have those other trauma events because a lot of people think that, I am, I've gotten past that means I'm healthy. No, it just means that the right circumstances haven't occurred to re-trigger that negative auto response. That's why you need to deal with it because you getting past it doesn't mean you're healthy. It just means you're ignoring it really, really well. You know, it's like, uh, it's like alcoholics, right? When you're first going through recovery, where do you never go? A bar. If you are truly healed from alcoholism and have complete control, though, you can go with a group of people to a bar and you're going to order a club soda because it doesn't matter anymore. There's no temptation. There's no nothing there. You You have fixed everything from the ground up. Correct. Yes. You know you're you're healthy and you're Mm -hmm. healed because the circumstances don't matter anymore. You are now in control. You know that every time that comes up, you do not have a non-conscious negative auto response anymore. The minute that any of those circumstances occur, you have that pause, you engage your conscious mind, you make the clear decision. And there it is. It's done. Mm, excellent. And then the last letter is what I call faith and values. It's an interesting one because you've gone through 
all of these struggles, both to heal and to sort of figure out what you like uh, or where you want to go in life. But what you haven't really done is figured out, is there a purpose bigger than me? And if there is a purpose that's bigger than me, and I truly believe that there's a purpose bigger than me, does that then impact what I'm grateful for? Does it now impact why I forgive? Does it impact what I need to confess and what I need to recognize about myself? And does it impact where I want to head with my life? And, and uh, we go to great pains to talk to people about it you know, in this course, you know, and that's why we call it faith and values. It's not about God. Uh, it's not necessarily about Christianity or anything else, but it, but it really challenges people to recognize, okay, if, for instance, let's talk Christianity, if you say that the primary basis for your faith and values is the Bible, and yet you struggle forgiving, then you are literally violating the primary tenant of the Bible. So you have some work to do here. Why do you not forgive? Is that because you aren't sure of your faith? Is it because there have been enough other things that have happened in your life that would lead you to believe that forgiveness really doesn't matter? That you've seen people get ahead in life, even though they've mistreated others, those kinds of things. So it's kind of challenging that way. Um, You know, people that believe that the idea of something that's meant to be. Okay, so you truly believe in destiny, correct? Yeah. Okay, well then, are you angry about anything? Because if you believe in meant to be, and that's your faith and value statement, then you literally have no excuse for ever being angry because the two things are incompatible. The reason why you're angry is because you're hurt, but there's no reason for you to be hurt if you truly believe that everything is meant to be. What does that mean? Does that mean that you only believe that certain things are meant to be? And then and, and then we try to help people say, okay, well, how does that help you really determine your outlook on life? How does that determine help you determine what actions you should be taking? Does that help you determine what your interaction should be like with other people? You know, do you believe that basically life is completely random and it's a crapshoot? Okay. Does that mean you're going to be mad at people? Does that mean that you can never be angry with somebody until you find out whether or not they're hurting you on purpose? Right. Because if everything is truly random, then you literally don't know why they're behaving the way that they are. So uh, we try to go through that letter last uh, to try to help people kind of figure out is there a bigger purpose than me? And am I aligned properly with what I'm espousing that value? So uh, I, I talk about values not as a list, but as a hierarchy. And there's always one that is more important than everything else. And it's important for us to understand what that hierarchy of values is, because the more we understand it, the less decisions that we have, right? In reality, the only reason why we should ever really have a difficult decision is if two things are equal in their values. Most of the time, the reason why we have difficult decisions to make internally is because we have an emotion that is in conflict with what we actually know the right thing to do is. My daughter and I, Marina and I, we, we talk about it being the stupid right thing to do. We facetiously call it that, right? Because no matter how we're feeling... There absolutely is a right thing to do. And if I will just turn my emotions off for 30 seconds, I'll realize 
there's a right thing to do. And if I recognize that it's a right thing to do, then obviously that's more important. Now, some people would say, well, there's nothing more important than my own happiness. My emotions are my highest value. Okay, well then there again, that's up to you, right? You then have to decide, is it your happiness or is it your satisfaction with not hurting someone else Mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? So um, it kind of leads into a discussion about, and, and we hope that people talk about what and think about what their values are because the more that you can, uh, the more you can identify that hierarchy, the less stress you'll have in your life. Because not only are you purposeful in your actions, you, you have a lot less conflict because you're not, you are not conflicted in your own mind about most of the decisions. That right. You make. It's just gathering enough information to clearly recognize which value of yours is at play. Correct. And then that value tells you what you need to do. What I'm curious, how do you help someone who has never explored their values to truly do the hierarchy and figure out which one is the pinnacle? Most of the time, it's that gratitude letter. Okay. Right? Because the thing that they are most grateful for in their life more than likely is the thing that they value the most highly. Is it because somebody was able to comfort me? Is it because somebody gave me a bedrock of faith? Is it because somebody was always there? Is it because somebody, uh, you know, made sure that I was secure? You know, so sometimes, oftentimes, if there's the kind of conflict that you're talking about, we can read that gratefulness letter and see what what are the things that came to mind when they were told to look for what makes them most grateful. And more than likely that has something to do. And then you can kind of explore that. So yes. There, yeah. So there is uh, like, it starts the pathway for you. To yeah. Cause it's, out it's all for a lot of people. It's absolutely it a conversation. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, right. You, know, I, you and I can talk about it. And while you and I might be completely aligned and because of the history that we have in our own lives uh, or because of some difficult things that have gone through. Or we might find out that we're completely opposites. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. for myself, my hierarchy my top is the same and has been my entire life, but layers like three through seven, if I were to talk <laughs> about the pyramid, right? It's changed dramatically. And because, I'm sure it I've does. Matured, mm-hmm. I've gotten older. I've experienced other things. I've gotten in the middle of things and then realized it was kind of foolish and childish of me to think that that was really how I was always going to feel. You know, and, and, and unfortunately for myself, what that did when I was in my mid, well, my early, my late teens, all the way up through, say I was 30, what, what did that make me? It made me judgmental because my values matrix was firm, but it was not mature. And now it's more mature. And so I'm a lot less judgmental and a lot more graceful in terms of giving that grace That's very eloquent to, others, pe- to other people mm-hmm. because, oh my gosh, I wish I had, I would have suffered a lot less if I had been able to extend myself more grace, but because circumstances often put me into conflict with what I knew to be my values. And I was so overwhelmed by needing to forgive somebody for that hate, or I had done something that I shouldn't have done. So the confession piece was eating me up inside and confession, you know, confession is a sneaky one because a lot of people say, well, I don't really have anything big to confess about. You know, that kind of stuff. But confession is one of those ones that silently eats away at you. Because if you have something that you've hurt somebody, if you whether it's, let's say you, let's say you cheated on a test and then that 
allowed you to get a scholarship. Or let's say you took credit for something at work, right? Well, let's just talk about the credit one, okay? You take the credit for something at work. The person that you took the credit from ends up sitting in a room with their boss and they are basically told that their year-end review that they are not as sterling as you. And because of that, they're not going to get a merit increase. They're only going to get a cost of living increase. What, what you don't know is that that person just found out two days before that they're going to have twins and that one of those twins more than likely has a pretty serious birth defect. And now they're not getting a raise. So mm. while you think it was something little that you did, right, the cascade of events has caused some serious issues and is very likely causing a negative trauma event in the life of that person and their spouse. Perhaps unintentionally by you. Oh, completely unintentionally. But that, you know, we always talk about the ripple effect being a positive thing, you know, send out the yep. ripples, you know, create change, but it can but also be a But it's only positive if we too. force it to be mm-hmm. positive. You know, the, the thing that a lot of people, it's interesting because the, the people that have the whole, the positive mindset thing, if, if you just think positively, things are going to work out. No, no. You need to think positively and act in the direction of that mindset and of your values and you have to make sure that you're acting there mm-hmm. and if you're not acting like that well i believe personally and while i can't scientifically prove this i have an awful lot of anecdotal evidence that tells me evidence that tells me <laughs> that it's true that little thing when you took credit for that that's going to eat away mm-hmm. because eventually there's going to be a bigger thing that you are going to be more likely to fib about whether it's to take credit for a bigger thing or it's to pass something off as uh, yours that's not or to pass a failure off as someone else's and not yours. And now you did a bigger thing. And now you're in a conversation with your spouse or significant other and you're not taking full accountability for your actions, which is now causing mistrust with them because they know absolutely how it is that the circumstance was. And now not only do you have the event, but you also have the communication issue, which means the next time they're going to be less likely to communicate with you. Now let's assume that you have teenagers that see this going on. Now you're creating a relationship with the teenagers where they don't trust you. But also, in addition to that, they're learning with their own significant others. So I... I absolutely believe that, you know, those little, the confession letter is highly important because you need to come to grips with the fact that even though you don't think it's a big deal, chances are really, really, really good that one of those events, even if it was small, has created over time a a stream of negativity. It's very similar to, you know, somebody that says, well, you know, I didn't start out embezzling $5 million. No, you start out started out by eating a candy bar at the grocery store that you were working in, right? Or slipping a pack of gum into your pocket. That's when it started. And then it was stealing five bucks out of mom's desk. And then it was taking $20 out of dad's billfold, right? Or then it was walking out of the store with liquor while your friends were causing a some kind of you know, a convoluted, big distraction, whatever happened to be. And then eventually it got you to steal $5 million from your employer. And now now you're going to jail. Right. Right. So that's why the, Mm -hmm. that's why the confession one for me is pretty important. And even when people say, ah, I don't really have, I think you do work at it. You know? And like you said, what are the things that you still dwell on? Yep. Yes. Yep. 
And, and it hurts too, because, you know, you have no idea. I mean, you, let's say your confession, let's say that the thing that you need to confess the most about is not giving someone enough grace. You know, what has that done ever since then? Are you way too forgiving mm-hmm. now? Are, do you easily overlook faults in others? Are you now somebody that looks at red flags as a form of attraction <laughs> instead of keeping away from those people? You know, you might not think of the fact that whatever that was, you learned a lesson from and now you're not, but now you're acting in a way that might be doing it. So that's interesting though, because like you just pointed out, it could go either way. It could um, be something that you overlook and it erodes at your own self and then it impacts how you act in future situations. Like you said, either the embezzlement story, how it gets worse and worse and worse, or the other one where it, then it eats away. It never really eats away at you, but it changes your perception that you try to change how you react to that situation. And it can change you maybe perhaps negatively. Yeah, and yeah. it can and it can even and it can even come out in completely unrelated mm-hmm. type of outcomes. Why do you drink? You know, why do you gamble online? Why do you watch porn? You know, what what are you using as escapes, and why do you need the escape? What is it that you're running away from? Are you running away from I haven't grown enough from somebody causing me pain? Or am I running away from this history that I have of causing others pain? And I seriously and don't want to And there's your dichotomy. Yes. You know, and so it's a, it's a difficult thing because I personally think that probably 90% or maybe more of addictions, whether it's to sex, to drugs, to alcohol, gambling, any of those kinds of things, probably is a negative auto response to a trauma as opposed to being some kind of physical desire. Now, that doesn't mean that genetically you didn't have a predisposition towards it, but why just start? This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join Dave Miner and I again next week as we continue our conversation about his business, Gold Metal Brands, and how he strives to help both individuals and entrepreneurs along their self-growth journey towards success. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection. 